Welcome to Pod Aloha, dedicated to preserving the heritage of surfing and the spirit of aloha. I'm Paul Strau, and I'm going to take you inside the stories of surfing's biggest influencers. And I'm Kieran McGuire. Today, Paul and I sit down with our very special guest, Mike Henson. Named one of 25 surfers whose surfing changed the sport, Mike's status as a surf icon was cemented when he co-starred with Robert August in The Endless Summer, which also featured Paul during the Waikiki scenes. One of the most indelible scenes in surf film history must be the sight of Mike in perfect trim at the machine-like perfection of Cape St. Francis. To hear Mike tell it in his book, Transcendental Memories of a Surf Rebel, it was Mike who discovered the wave at Cape St. Francis that made the movie, because until then the Endless Summer crew hadn't actually found any epic waves. As stylish in the water as he was out of it, Mike was good-looking, cocky, and by his own admission, an aggressive surfer and rebel in nature. He has been called the second most polarizing surfer of the 1960s after Mickey Dora. A serious craftsman and influential shaper, he's been credited with developing and refining the downrail, a critical innovation in modern surfboard design that helped transform the early shortboard designs of the late 1960s, providing better speed and control in steep hollow waves. Mike is one of surfing's intriguing personalities. We're thrilled to sit down with him today in his home in Encinitas. This episode of Pot Aloha contains profanity and a few graphic stories which may not be suitable for all listeners. I'm very excited to have the pleasure of sitting in Mike Henson's living room with him sitting across from me to talk about his surfing history with me uh, together and when we first met and 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 there's some so many uh, fabulous stories that uh, we've already exchanged over our lifetime together and I'd like to document some of them for everyone's pleasure and Mike my first opportunity to come to California was in 1961. Mm-hmm. There was a high school graduation present for me. Oh, My yeah. parents asked me, what would you like to do, uh, what would you like to have as a graduation present? Uh, and I said, a round trip ticket to California and back. Huh. And, I, and they said, okay, fine. Did I meet you before then? No, and so this was in well, 1961. So you, you came, I met you there and then. But let me tell you how I met. Yeah, I, came, okay. yeah, I yeah. came here, I lived with Chubby Mitchell in Hermosa yeah, Beach I remember for a period of time with the Hawaiian guys. Yeah, yeah. And so I had an occasion to drive south and you know experience the different surf spots. Yeah, and I yeah. came, one of the places I really wanted to surf was Wind and Sea. Yeah, exactly. So I came all the way down and surfed wind and sea and i've heard so much about it and all the the guys that surfed there you know pat curran there's a whole list of them i know uh, you know that used to hang out at wind and sea because it was the closest thing in the in the southern area of california that resembled hawaii you know surf wise and i remember meeting you and uh and you invited me to stay one night um in your uh trailer you had a trailer that you lived in, and so I came in and I remember sleeping there. And you know, we had a great time, dinner and everything, and then falling asleep and then being rudely awakened like at 2 a.m. by someone beating on the side of yeah, the trailer. Is, I remember all this. I know you do, but anyway, that was our first uh, opportunity to have yeah. met you and when Butch developed our friendship. The door and he was all pissed off at me. I don't know. I used to tease him, you know, we we had such a thing going, you know. You know, I was a wise ass. Um and 
at that time I had, you know, I don't know if it's chip on your shoulder or whatever, you know, but yeah, Butch um, and I had a really interesting relationship. I, I mean, we were good friends. I mean, I don't know, I don't know why we were all right, but uh, for some reason, him and I just... Uh, oh, you competed with each other, oh, too, course, in the water. Yeah. That was the main thing. Huh? You know, you, that, that was the main thing. You silently competed with each other in the oh, surf. Oh, God, yeah, I competed with everybody while I was surfing, man. That's why, you know, I said thinking about it the other day, why I quit. Well, I was an aggressive surfer, yes. you know, and try to be as much of a gentleman as I can, but, you know, I'm out there, you're out there, and so, you know, who's going to catch it? I may catch it. <laughs> if you have anything, you know, you know all about that. Yes, I do. And um, that's the one thing I could get in trouble in Hawaii. That's where you saved me <laughs> when I went there because, uh, you know, there was trouble to be had with the, all the locals, you know, and uh, it was, uh, you know, I... I need, I need that diplomat to get in there. I'll, I'll never forget that. I got this blonde hair, you know, and that just doesn't blend right away, you know, even even out of water. <clears throat> I grew up <clears throat> in Hawaii right. in my elementary time. <clears throat> I went to school, and I was in, my family was in the Navy, so about every three years we'd move, go from there and go back to California. I have to start new friends again, and then they gave me get shipped back to Hawaii. We did that about three times. Is that right? And um, I remember, uh, you know, I didn't ever hook up to surfing. I remember being down at the the, uh, the uh, swimming pool down there, um, right in front of Queens, you know. Yeah, in the auditorium? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was big. And I remember standing on the uh, high board, you know, and just watching all these guys do the surfing. It didn't affect me at all, you know. Mm -hmm. So when you came over, I remember you stayed. I was still living at home, you know, with my parents. Oh, that was summertime, too. Yeah, it was summertime when you came. And I think Diffenderfer came in around the same time, too. Uh, or maybe a little later. But know. I remember surfing, particularly because Ala Moana is a summer break. And that's yeah. where we hung out. Because in town, if the, if the, you know, the North Shore isn't breaking during the summer. And so exactly. Waikiki and Ala Moana and a couple other areas I get know. really good. <laughs> and so we spent show. time there. And... Ala Moana was kind of a proving ground too for. Oh yeah, I had all the boys there. I had Donald and everybody. Yeah, around. that's true. And all those kids. Yeah, I loved it. That, that was a great, great time in my life. Um, I know it was. And then, and then too. when I stayed with you, um, God, I was just. I mean, because you know, I got I'm blonde hair, and like I said, I'm a wise ass, and and uh, you know, I'm definitely get in trouble taking off in waves because I don't know who who is. You know, you're piling out there, oh my God, there's a set. And right. <laughs> this is a set of the day, or a set of the month, man. <laughs> so try to weasel my way around it, you know. Talking specifically about that time and when you came over to Hawaii, and there are truly, California has a cast of characters, so does Wind and Sea, Malibu too, but my, I mean, you know, Hawaii had some real heavies there too. Oh, you know? God, Hawaii had and, a bunk and, you know, Bon James and the boys and everybody, you know. Like, I I hooked up with Donald because I shaped boards, you know. Yes. And him and I blended real quick. I used to go under his basement. There. Basement, right. And um, we were the only two small guys that could go in and walk. And as we are going in, the... the uh, uh, the rafters were yeah. The rafters were coming down like this, <laughs> you know. And the last one we just skimmed through, you know. And we pa he padded all of them because 
it wasn't, you know, we could walk in there and somebody would be following us, and I guarantee one of the smokers would hit their head, you know. <laughs> and that was our whole trip. I just love that. But who, who were some of the guys that influenced you in terms of shaping? Because you became an incredible shaper. Seriously. Well, you know who had a role in, in influencing you? Let me you? just show you how I did it. I remember going down and borrowing the board, you know, getting the surfing thing. Um, one day I uh, caught, caught some soup and got Crystal Pier. And I, all I remember is seeing the pilings go by in my peripheral vision, you know? And and it just uh, stunned me. I just went, oh my God, this is so cool. Yeah. And you know, I just never forgot it. So after that, um, I was riding a bike down uh, Mission Beach and I saw this old blank paddleboard, you know, it was balsa, mm -hmm. it was stripped down and it was leaned up against the fence where there's ivy growing over and stuff like that. And I saw it, and so after you know go, driving by there a couple of times, I thought, man, I'm gonna you know steal that thing because you know no one was there. Mm -hmm. And then one day I went by and there was an old man there, and I said, um, hey, listen, what are you gonna do with that that board over there? And he says, oh, he says if you can get if you can take it out of here, you can have it. I said, really? Um, he tells me the story. He bought the board for his. Uh, son, you know, and uh, he was in the military, came down, wanted to do surfing, you know, and carried the board back and forth, never really used it, but just, you know. And so I came down that night with a couple of friends of mine, cut that thing out of there, and it was so heavy, um, there were three of us had to carry it, and you go across the street at Mission, uh, Mission Beach, and then, you know, the coast goes all the way up like that up to, to Bird Rock, you know, just a long beach like that. So we went down by the edge of the water and we trucked it all the way up there. Oh. And stuck it in a guy's uh, garage called Kenny Caldwell. He was a little surfer that uh, used to uh, surf Gunners Point. And he was, um, he lived right there, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, he had a great board from uh, Belsey, you know, real light, and um, balsa, you know, just a prime board. And so anyway, um, when I finally just, you know, I'm gonna shape this thing. So it, the funny part was uh, I started shaping it with a draw knife and a saw and a hand plane and chisel. And I'm in this kid's garage, a friend of ours. There's a little little fort, you know, a little mm -hmm. place, hangout. And, um, you know, first day or second day, you know, I came back and, and then, well, you know, I didn't realize we had to clean up everything all the time. I was gonna wait till I finished the fucking thing, you know what I mean? Why well, just clean up after myself when I'm gonna make a mess right on top of it, you know? <laughs> so I figured, you know, I'll just clean this all up when I'm done. And it was like probably 11 feet board, you know? And I thought, well, I'll make about a nine six. Mm -hmm. And I just got into it, and then I got the draw knife going. You know, if you get the right way of going with the wood, man, you could just really, you know, yeah. work that thing. You know, I'm just working it like a. <laughs> and finally, one guy said, you know, he says, well, "How long are you gonna make that board?" And I thought, well, I don't know. 
I look at it, you know, well, let's measure it. It's 7-Eleven. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just said, I'm being finished, you know. This is, uh, you know, I've, my shaping thing is over with right now. I'm glassy. So glassing it was classic too because in the garage with all the mess and uh, Kenny's father, um, you know, he didn't care too much about what was going on there, but after a while he did because of the resin smell and everything like that. And, and you know, when you first, you got fucking resin on your shoes, you got them on your clothes, and there's just no way of getting around it when you start working with that shit, you know? Yeah. And the fiberglass itch, oh God. So I went through that whole process of making that board and pigmented at the bottom, uh, light blue with white stuff going down it, uh, white pigment, and surfed it, and everybody I loaned it to liked it, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? You're smaller, you know? And uh, we were surfing Gunner's Point, so I mean, you're not gonna get wrapped up too deep on <laughs> that yeah. wave, you know? Right. Plus, during the time I was doing the board, I was a fiberglass guy, you know, the ding guy, you know? All of a sudden, I became the surfer, contact to do yeah you know where i get the resin whatever i said you know and i was right there fuck i'll take care of that you know what i mean sure i know exactly what's going on and then in the in the beginning i remember um thinking about what am i going to do continue thinking about being a professional golfer which i was really into um or be a surfer and I started thinking, well, you know, surfing's got such a future. I mean, I just started thinking about it because I, I, I used to fuck around with golf clubs and designs and shit like that, take them way out and crap like, you know, so I'm fucking with the clubs all the time. And I'm going, Jesus, there's, there's such a future with this fucking surfing, you know, from, you know, mm -hmm. from me making that board. And so I decided I'm gonna go do surfing. So. At that moment, I made a point to know every person that was in, you know, surfboards, knew anything about surfboards, had a surfboard, you know, Hobie's on you know, all the way up to all the way up to Santa Cruz, find out who's who, mm -hmm. and over the years, I became friends with them. Mm -hmm. In fact, I I had a little thing going where I would shape. And uh, I remember my my one of my best was Santa Cruz, you know, with Jack, mm -hmm. and um, the, and Jack and Jack Haley called me one time, you know. So I met everybody, you know, and got met all the surfers and shit like that. And um, and Rennie Year was the, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he was the guy. Yeah, you know, he blasted his board mm -hmm. great, you know, they're strong and everything like that. At that time, we were going up to Trestles. And church, and um, so I thought. So I ordered a board from uh, uh, Rennie, and I wanted it white top, and olive green bottom, you know. Mm -hmm. And by you know the white top was when you're out there and the and the military comes to the beach, you just get off your board, lay it down like this, you know, and just get in the soup, you know, just and. You, over a minute of time, they're going to forget they even saw you. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, I, <laughs> and, and So you're and, avoiding, avoiding the military police oh, yeah, at Trussell. Total that was a reason. whole design scheme, exactly. color-wise. White deck. And 
The other one was the olive green bottom. Well, that was when we used to ditch the boards. Uh-huh. You know, we'd throw them in the bushes and come back the next day. Right. You know, I remember Munoz and Joey and all of us, you know, just carrying. First thing, you can't carry it and get, you know, you're going to get caught going out with the fucking board. So you just have to bury that motherfucker. And um, that was, you know, <laughs> and I was always, you know, I, I made it like every place it was, you're not supposed to go, I went. You know, like in uh, Point Loma, it's a uh, point out here, you know, you right. got the military thing and all this kind of. I'd go over fences and go down there, and, you know, and the military came down. They got my board one time. You know, it wasn't that board, but it was another one. And uh, I had to go get it, 25 bucks, you know. I had to get my father to, you know, all this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, uh, yeah, that was, that was my favorite board, and it was so cool. But, but, you know, I met you in in 61, summer of 61. Yeah. And so when did you actually become uh, involved in shaping? Okay, surfboard? so Gordon Smith started. Yes. You know what I mean? And, yeah, I went right up there. You know, you guys were doing surfboards. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you how I met Larry and Floyd. Okay. Um, they had a garage down in, uh, in Pacific Beach. And I was bicycling, you know, I, I know all the alleys from... PB, Osa, you know, mm-hmm. just the alley. I would, this is where I lived. We lived down the alleys, you know, fruit trees and whatever, whatever. And um, one day I'm, I'm riding by open garage door and I see these two guys and I see the surfboard. And I didn't think anything of it. I just kept going. I went, <laughs> so I turned around and went back and Santa says, What are you guys doing? Well, what they were trying to do at that time was take a, a fiberglass rope and, you know, get it all wet and then put it down the center of the surfboard to, you know, put strength in it so uh-huh. it wouldn't break or whatever like that. I'm just going, oh my, by the time, yeah, I knew everything about the resin, you know, you, it goes off, it smells, it burns, you know, you can catch fire with it, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't want to drink the fucking catalyst and, you know, sure. and it ruins your clothes. And, and um, these two guys are sitting in there. And I knew Floyd Smith from uh, um, junior high school. I see. He was uh, in the ninth grade. I was in seventh grade, and he is, was in a club called Sultans. You know, they had their jacket, you know, a white sleeve jacket like this. And I remember meeting um, Floyd down at the beach on the south side of the pier um, in the summertime. And so when I saw him in that garage, you know, him and I, well, Papa, I was saying, what are you guys doing? He said, well, we're starting a company and doing all this stuff, you know. I said, Jesus Christ. And I, by the time I think a little rumor came around, I could shape, you know. Uh-huh. And I was looking for work. I was their very first shaper. And um, I just, you know, knocked him out. And we started from just, you know, like I said, the garage. I grew with them and they, you know, we grew together. And I got, you know, my popularity. Like I said, I was just, I was a surfboard guy, you know, anytime, anything was so, you know, I, that's how it all began. Yeah, but you're an exceptionally good shaper. 
You know, well, you were incredibly I, good. First, I'm very, very talented, and, and I did, <laughs> and um, I was really into knowing the shape of the contours of yes. the golf clubs and the dynamics of it, the air, and, and mm -hmm. just that kind of shit, and the weight. Mm -hmm. I know okay. you came up with the three-stringer board, which is what okay, Phil, Phil Edwards did. Did Phil Edwards which have the influence on you? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know who said it was, but I just recognized him as being the best surfer yeah. that I've ever seen. Yeah. And he just looked like Jesus Christ out there, you know? I mean, him in the water and the ocean, and all of his knowledge about this everything, plus his sailing, you know? I mean, just going, this guy's a fucking... No, but surfing, you know, Phil had, had a... I think it was a, one of the first that I could acknowledge at least me seeing surfers mm -hmm. uh, that actually choreographed his movements, uh, and I don't, I don't believe it. It just came natural. I think you can do something over and over and over again and refine it so that it works better. Mm -hmm. You get more control, you know. But every step was, you know. And so I watched so many uh, his going down and doing a bottom turn at Haleiwa and going left. You know, going, going right a little bit, dropping down, start sliding that, the board out, and that doing left a, turn, a left turn. Left turn. Yokohama with him and Phil. That's right. Yeah. Oh, this is this. This is how I was with those guys. I was with him. Yeah. And and uh, it was Yokohama, and um, I was taking off on the. I guess I think there's a jetty there. Is there no jetty? But the reef was right there. It was something like that where the wave came like this and they'd kind of push like 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 a wedge. It had yeah, it did have that, a that the reef kind of there. caused it. And so I was over there catching that fucking thing and just getting in the wave before Phil and um, uh huh and Diff Diff and they were catching and that I remember that wave. Even Bruce Brown filmed me, you know, kicking out while they took off and took that picture. You know, later on he cut it. But uh, it was a sure fact, and and um, I mean I was taking the, the wave that was uh, coming sideways, catching it and going into the wave, you know. Yes, right. And um, <laughs> you know, shit like that. <laughs> who were the people? Let me ask you. Who were the people that you looked up to as shapers? Anybody that had anything to do with surfboards, I was just yeah. into, yeah. I don't think But there must have been guy. some people that you kind of well, gravitated. Well, I mean, and I, I thought it was, you know, I thought it would have been Pat current. I thought it would yeah. have been a diff, because you guys Pat, diff, uh, Nelson, you know, Al Nelson. Ekstrom. I mean, yes. all those guys were doing boards, you know? Right. And, um, I mean, I, you know, I just uh, absorbed that whole thing and became, you know, part of it. You know? Yes. No one was really the greatest because there was, you know, so so many of them. But there are a couple of things that really stand out in my mind about, you know, your shaping, particularly, you know, the, the three stringer redwood stringers and the red fin, and uh, your rails. Okay. I mean, they were so unique and significant compared you know, to all that, the other boards. During that time, Phil was the first one that came out with the signature model. Yes. You know, and like I said, I'm right there. I mean, as soon as Phil. You know, stepped out somewhere. I mean, you know, I was right, right behind him. Yes. So when he came out with a with a model, man, I I was working for Gordon Smith, and and uh, Larry was always interested in what Hobie was doing all the time. You know, because Hobie was the mover. You know, sure. He tried to calculate his thing, and so I, you know, went got to know everybody there. You know, I met Phil and and everything. Phil, Phil had two stringers, three stringers. You know, three stringers. Yeah. 
And there's a thick one in the middle and two on the side. And I'm just going, you know, I'm, I had this concept that Brenny had all the time, you know, be the stronger the better. You know, that's that was kind of like what he mm -hmm. produced, you know. I thought, well, you know, and the balance of the board, you know, no reason thinking at the time. The two stringers on the sides, one down the middle, that's plenty, you know, enough wood to stop it from breaking, which it was. It it was one of the one of the boards that it could fly off the car and spin around, come down, and all the other boards would just, you know, we flop around. It would come down, and I could take that thing out surfing the, you know, the same day. And everybody else was afraid would break off right. and shit like that, you know. <laughs> so the uh, yeah, the signature model was uh, really great. The, in 1961, I was doing these bottom turn rail turns. Only the only two people were doing them was Barry Kanapuni and myself. And and Barry and I, I mean, he was you know I just made boards for him, and and he stayed in California for a while, you know. Mm -hmm. So we'd go surfing all the time, um, him and I and Skip, and we became kind of the Redfin group. That 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 was a whole history in itself. That was so much fun. Um, because the boards all look the same. You know, you, you come down to the beach and, and you got, you know, four boards or six boards, whatever, and they're all the same, you know? They all look like... Um, yeah, they all had three stringers, yeah. redwood stringers, and they had a exactly. red fin on it. And yeah. Exactly. And um, when we go out, it was just, we were a force to reckon with, you know? And I was living at the pipeline and next door was Herbie Fletcher, and we, Melinda and I had this other house, two white houses, they were really great. And I made a shaping room out of the uh, carport. I remember working in Hawaii, be doing surf Hawaii boards, you know, at night, doing those fucking long things, you know. Diff was working for him, so I got a job with him. Whatever Diff did, I did, you know. Mm -hmm. What influenced you in terms of style, you know? And oh, well, Phil. Phil, okay. Totally. Yes. I mean, I mean, I don't remember looking at anything else. That's exactly, I you know, I don't remember even thinking about it. Just whatever he was doing, and it, it was just natural for me to do what he did, you know, because um, that's what I was doing. Mike, over your entire history in surfing, what would you feel was most significant to you on a personal level? I mean, you, you've been. Uh, an incredible surfer, you're a master shaper, uh, and all the nuances about board design. Uh, you even had several different fins that you felt were important to maximize the performance of the surfboard. And, and, and you've really contributed so much to surfing and its history. But I wanted to ask you on a personal level, what's been the most important aspect of your connection to surfing for you? Well, I've thought about that. and. Since I'm so involved with surfing in all the aspects, but the main thing was the endless summer. Um, and I was, you know, when we found that wave and, and um, everything just came together. I mean, it's like they, the Indians call it when they do um, ceremonies and stuff like that. There's a circle around the earth, but when it comes together, it, you know, it's just like, right. And that's what happened. Yeah, whole experience. I mean, that whole movie, though, when you think about it, that was the only surf that you found, basically. Absolutely, that was it. 
And you know what? Bruce, he knew we had this stuff in the camera, in, in the, in the uh, rolls of camera, rolls of film. And he used to, every time we'd go and shoot someplace, he'd send the, the um, film back to Dana Point and, uh, which we call it, name I forgot his name, he was there. Uh, we'd uh, develop it and he'd send it back. Was you it know, Paul and, Allen? Yeah, Paul, no, not Paul Allen, no. He came in a little bit later, but the other guy. Yeah, Bob. Huh? Bob. Yeah. yeah. Um, And this footage, he just, boy, <laughs> held it like, God, it was just so precious, you know. Oh, we're, you know, make sure it's here, you know. And, you know, he's just, I realized, you know, wow, he's really into this stuff, you know. He got, you know, and I knew exactly what the fuck was happening. And. But didn't you have to get on the plane and actually, you know. Well, there was one time when this happened. We, then we traveled up to Durban. And, you know, spent a couple of days there. We were at a party one night. And our next flight was from Durban to India, and then from India to Australia. Well, this guy says, well, hey, you know, where are you going? I'm going to India. Um, he says, oh, man. He says, you know, they're going to take your surfboards away from you, and especially you're going to take all your camera stuff away from you. Because during that time, they were really down on, on people coming in there and filming that religious situation, you know, and exposing that. And so it was just a, a guy had a story like, fuck, man. I went in there and they, you know, took me a couple of months to get my shit back, you know. Right. Um, so I planned this whole thing. I taped all the film. It was only about six or eight rolls duct tape in my pocket, you know, and did a Hawaiian shirt. And and when we flew over to um, India, I sat in a different seat, didn't sit with him, you know, him and Robert. We went through customs. I went first. I went down that custom over here. They went over here, you know. So I slipped through. And I'll never forget watching Robert and Bruce as, you know, <laughs> they were going like this, you know, but they were going through their shit, you know? I mean, I, they didn't even look at me. I just kind of just slid through with my uh -huh. suitcase and surfboard. Um, oh, so you took your surfboard with you separately too? Oh, we carried the boards with us all the time. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, wherever we went, we had to take the boards. It was a whole another story. I mean, God, you know, you see that one time when, when Bruce shows uh, boards getting uh, in back of that taxi, yeah, taxi yeah. and you know, I mean, that's <laughs> that we didn't make that shit up, that was real, you know. <laughs> so, let's see, what am I gonna So, you, you got all the film on. Oh, so I taped tape the film, and yeah, I taped film, and, and uh, I get on the plane, and never forget, get on the plane, and God, I thought I was just gonna take off without these guys, you know. Yeah, nothing I could do, I'm not gonna get up and go find out where they are, but I was really concerned about, you know, they finally came in, they really were on the last straw of the people. And that's where I, I uh, decided, look, smuggling is what is up with this surfboard shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so you're suggesting that the endless summer, 
Oh yeah, inspired, inspired me. Now Bruce, Bruce and Robert both think that I give the story that I did all that smuggling when when we were doing the endless summer. And you know, I said no. I had to go take Bruce one time. You know, uh, when we were back east, out because he he says, oh, well, that's, uh, I was selling a book, and he goes, oh yeah, well, the story in there where you you know. Da -da -da -da. I said, hey, Bunker, I did, you know, I did this surfboard thing after the movie. I mean, you know, yeah. right after the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, let's see what he's saying. So, uh, Mike, maybe that's a good segue. Um, you called your book, right, which if you haven't read... Transcendental Memories of a Surf Rebel. That's right. If you haven't, if you haven't read it, you can... You can find it on Amazon. You should check it out. Um, so, but, but many people would say that the endless summer got them into surfing or inspired them. Oh yeah, ways. I mean, people have asked me, you know, what what you think Michael is the thing, and you know, made you who you are. But and, what does um, it mean to you to when people come up and say, "Hey, you kind of." changed my life oh yeah my life. I was into you? that I mean I knew exactly what was happening man I was just I was glory I was like motherfucker you know even the the idea of searching for a perfect wave who said perfect first I probably did you know because it was perfect thanks for tuning in to Pot Aloha next week Fred Hemmings and mahalo to the Pot Aloha team Alex Bliss, editor, website and art, Summer Strau, musical stylings by Taylor Mackle. Mm -hmm.